Welcome to With Heart Podcast. For fellow visionaries, creators, and heart-centered folks, to inspire us to create our lives, our businesses, and ultimately the world with heart. Through the stories, insight, and advice of folks who are doing this very thing right now. Today, we are talking with Raya Gonzalez, founder and CEO of Admin Prestige, which provides customized support to the small business owner and takes admin assistance to the next level with organizational and customer experience consulting. Raya has won a number of professional awards for productivity and customer service in her career. She has gone to school, graduating magna cum laude, and built her business whilst raising three daughters. Raya also is a founder with Heart, who has created a business model based around her values and core tenets of women's empowerment, servant leadership, making work fun, and and being family-oriented. So we're going to talk all about that today and how we too can create a better business based on our heart-centered values. Welcome, Raya. Thank you. I appreciate um, being here today. Well, I appreciate you coming as well. So tell us a little bit about you and what led you to becoming founder and CEO of Admin Prestige. Well, I uh, started out in the administrative side of healthcare, actually. Um, I spent about 15 years doing administrative work in healthcare, um, both working the general front office side of things, but also in management. Um, Mm. My degree was in administrative management through Central Washington University. And so I was able to apply a lot of what I learned there to the workplace. Um, And then ultimately I decided that I wanted to become my own boss. And so I formulated admin prestige as a way of bringing my values to um, a business that incorporated them on my terms. So you had a long history in the healthcare, but then you decided, you know what, I want to be my own boss. And I feel like a lot of us have that similar dream of wanting to become our own bosses and kind of doing things on our own terms. And so you mentioned that as well, that you wanted to incorporate your values. So how is it that you do incorporate those values into the business that you have now? Sure. Um, so a couple of the things that I um, find to be most important. My number one value is servant leadership. And I like to describe that because sometimes people have an issue with the word servant. Um, And if you do, then service is an excellent replacement. Um, But I believe that every client should be treated as family um, and that I should be putting their needs above my own whenever it makes business sense. Um, So I I'm constantly looking for ways that I can add value and be of service to them. And um, so that that servant leadership is really a way of saying you can lead from any position and I wanna definitely put my clients' needs first. Um, in mm. terms of women um, empowerment, obviously it's a women-founded company. I'm looking for ways and I do have um, employees that are female right now. I'm not close to having male employees, but The goal will always be um, providing opportunity for young women to be mentored. Uh, My lead assistant right now is a college student actually at my alma mater, Central Washington University. Her name is Cassidy. Um, She's a real go-getter, and she really just needed a chance for someone to see that potential in her and give her the empowerment to take on projects that she is prepared for and just needed a little bit of guidance. So that's a prime example of the um, young women that I work with. I also have employees that are stay-at-home moms 
who are college educated or very skilled in their field um, through experience and just needed something that was a little out of the box to stay into the workplace. Um, and so I've geared my company around um, providing those opportunities for um, women specifically, again, not excluding men, but um, so far it has been um, focused directly on female empowerment. And so you incorporated that sense of mentorship, it sounds like, with your younger assistant. And so how has mentorship been incorporated in your career path? You know, I actually didn't have a lot of mentorship, and that is why I'm so passionate about that. Um, I had to kind of scrape and scrap to get to the top and find those opportunities and advocate for myself. And looking back on my own experience, I wish that somebody would have given me a chance earlier. I think that I would have been able to accomplish a lot more from an earlier age. And so that's something that I wanted to provide for other people. So you are a business owner and CEO, and you also have your family and your social life and everything else about life, right? Um, Like any other business owner. And I'm sure you deal with trying to balance that all. And so... In trying to have that work-life balance, what has really helped you and like, how do you balance that? You know, I think there's multiple ways, but the most important way to um, communicate this is that nobody has perfect balance. The reality is that there's a sacrifice no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the tool that I found to be the most effective um, in helping me emotionally be able to deal with the sacrifices that I have to do is to make plans and be very intentional. Um, And I think we'd like to be more spontaneous with especially our personal life. But unfortunately, when you have um, so many responsibilities, you really have to pencil that in. And penciling that in can be literally penciling that into a planner or a calendar. Um, I use lots of resources. um, But you have to be extremely intentional in setting aside that time and then be disciplined enough to cut yourself off from what you want to be doing so that you can engage in real life. Um, Because especially as a startup or as a small business that hasn't been um, going for very long, we have a lot on our shoulders um, and we can tend to take on too much and allow that to bleed into other areas of our lives until we burn out. So um, date night is something that I really try to incorporate whenever I can with my husband. Um, And then I do have three children. And so I do try at least, um, you know, once every day or a couple days to um, engage with them on an individual basis and keep as much of a routine as possible. I think that makes a lot of sense that you, especially when you have all these different responsibilities, like you said, um, you really need that tool of scheduling it in, like literally writing it into your schedule. Like this is date night at this hour. And I really appreciate too your vulnerability that, you know, your emotions are involved in this and that we have to see business and business ownership in a holistic fashion that we're human beings. We're not, we're not robots that are creating something. We're real human beings and we're going to have emotions attached to the ups and downs of building a business. And it actually makes me think, um, of Brene Brown. And I know I've talked about this before on this podcast that Brene Brown, I'm a big fan and um, her work in vulnerability, that that's kind of where business is going, that we have to really understand the power of that 
of being vulnerable. I'm also a huge fan of Brene Brown. I love anyone who can get up on stage and make you laugh and cuss and still feel like they have some credibility because I can be a bit sassy myself sometimes. And I have watched her vulnerability TED Talk so many times because it's a good reminder. Um, And I think that authenticity and vulnerability is um, something that I can't help but be you know, I am just, I'm one of those people that lives out loud. Um, And it's one of the things that empowered me to go into business um, when I was afraid anyways, just to take that leap. Because I think before I thought I identify as a dork, I say that a lot, that maybe I wouldn't have a place in um, the corporate world or in an entrepreneurial space. But what I have found is that vulnerability actually draws people to me because it allows them to um, be vulnerable in in kind. Another person that um, really inspired me and probably I would say I could credit for kicking off this journey in a real way for me is Mel Robbins, who is a syndicated Um, Well, she was a syndicated radio host, and now actually she's going to be having a a talk show, um, I think, starting in the fall. But she does quite a bit on social media and talking to people about um, just getting real with themselves. But the the TED Talk that kicked it off for me was called Stop Screwing Yourself Over. (laughs) And um, I highly recommend it. But the essence of what she's saying is, That our existence on the planet as a human being is so miraculous. There's so many um, statistics that show that there's a one in 400 trillion chance of us being born in the way that we were born to the parents that we were born to. And so she Mm. said, stop being effing fine. Like, don't say that you're fine. Don't cop out on life. Be colossally horrible. Be colossally amazing. Um, Take the risks. Do the things love the people, be afraid, do it anyways, but stop being fine. And I, I had started this business, um, but I, I don't think I had taken full ownership of it yet. And then I just thought, you know, I'm just going to dig in like with both feet and just like throw myself out there and I'm petrified um, and I'm going to do it anyways. And so um, that TED Talk. I mean, it's just a TED Talk, right? It's 18 minutes of somebody sharing their story, but it really kicked off my story in a way that allowed me to be who I am and unapologetically, except for the days where I cry on a live stream Facebook post, which did happen, (laughs) um, just be, you know, real. And I guess maybe that's part of it too, that I was able to get emotional on Facebook and say, hey, like, you can run a successful business and you can still have feelings and you can still have days where you feel like you're doing it wrong or you're missing out on things. And the core tenet of, you know, my business is serving other people um, and having fun. And some days doing both of those things can still take an emotional toll on you. You can't be vulnerable and be strong 24 seven. It it has an emotional cost to it, but it's still worth it. That's powerful. It is still worth it. (laughs) Um, I love that principle of Mel Robbins' words, where you were just saying, like, you don't have to be fine. Like, don't be fine. Because there's that sense where, and you were describing it, too, as you were starting your business, that, like, you are doing it, but there's a part of you that's kind of resisting. And that's the part of us that fears 
probably being seen, you know, <laughs> because that involves that, like, not being fine part, right, where it's like, well, I'm going to colossally fail, or I'm going to colossally succeed, or both, really, because we have to, um, what's that principle called, I think, failing forward, right, so it's that sense of, if I continue to try things, I'm, even if I quote-unquote fail, I'm learning, and I'm not stopping, and that's, I think, one of the keys, is just don't give up, and one of the talks that I heard from Mel Robbins, I think, was the um, the five-second rule. I love how she talks about how it's not, you're, you're not counting up to five so that you can kind of just keep going if you don't really want to do it. You're counting down as if you're launching off a rocket or something, right? So you're counting down from five to one, and that's all the time you have between the moment when you decide you want to do something and you taking action. So it really cuts down on that pause that happens that really kills our motivation when, when we're when we're like we get inspired by something and then the fear takes over and, she, and I, I love her messages about how to move past that fear and like you were saying you feel that fear but you do it anyways and I know that's easy to say <laughs> but it just takes that practice right this moment I felt the fear and I did it okay yes this moment maybe I didn't but you just keep trying until it becomes more of a habit you know, I, I think that's absolutely correct. And the other thing I can build on that with the five second rule is she talks about how fear and excitement are the same physiological reaction. Mm. So the adrenaline rush that you feel when you're feeling panic is the same adrenaline rush that you feel when you're very excited. And so there's a way of tricking your brain into um, changing the fear response into something that's positive. Um, and, you know, just to be completely vulnerable and completely honest, I'm not uh, embarrassed to say this, but this, I do struggle with anxiety on a clinical level. And so it can be difficult at times when you have to be a risk taker, when you feel your body um, responding in a way where you're like, this is actually something really good but I'm feeling fear or I'm feeling like maybe I'm ill-equipped for this, even though you know you are or you know that you can learn. Um, and so to be able to say to myself, no, this is not fear that you're experiencing. This is excitement. Um, and she uses anchor thoughts of something that you would be excited about. Like for her, it's the, the sound of her husband turning the door because she travels so much. So if she's starting to feel panicked about something, she will think about the sound of her husband turning the door to come inside because that makes her feel excited. And so it's about finding something that um, you love and would make you feel excited because then your brain registers that as, oh, okay, I'm excited about this thing. And maybe that doesn't work all the time, but especially when we're taking chances in a way that is going to result in something positive and we're feeling what we perceive to be a negative emotion, um, there are ways that we can do it anyways. Um, and, you know, maybe you do fail forward. Maybe you do take a risk that doesn't um, work out the way that you want it to, but at least you tried. And when I started this business, I, I just decided I was done existing and I was ready to step into living. Um, and I really wanted to lean into that. And with leaning into that, you experience challenges. You experience people 
that don't like you or that don't resonate with you or, you know, other ways where somebody like myself, who I love to be liked, <laughs> I love everyone, um, you know, that, that can be a difficult experience. But if I didn't try, I think about all the people I've met over the last year and even in the last two months and just the value that they bring to my life. And if I had never stepped out of my comfort zone and just said, I'm going to do this because I'm really good at this and I have something to offer, I would have missed all of these experiences and all of these people. So yeah, I think that that, that little five second rule or grounding yourself in something when you're feeling panicked or you're feeling anxiety and it doesn't have to be clinical anxiety. I think everyone, it's a natural human response to feel fear of the unknown or fear of rejection. And then just say like, okay, this means I'm living. This means I'm a human. This means that I'm taking a risk and I could fail, but what's the absolute worst that can happen? Really, the benefit outweighs the costs there. It, it means that you are actually taking part in life and you're not just allowing it to happen to yourself. Hmm. And that's really powerful, that principle of, I have a choice, right, in how I see this physical response. So I too have experience with anxiety, and I think often what comes with anxiety is this feeling of powerlessness to your physical response to something that you, like, want to do, but you feel like you can't do, or something that you're afraid of. And so I, I love that principle of, on a physical level anxiety and excitement are essentially the same thing or very similar right and the main difference is how i'm interpreting this physical response to the situation or the circumstance that i'm in or going into and if i'm telling myself i'm getting this you know adrenaline and i'm telling myself oh i'm so afraid the mental trail of that just kind of spirals down right and it makes you more and more panicked but i have this choice of i can tell myself i'm actually really excited and, and like you said, like maybe you won't believe it right away, but it's just this thing where you can anchor it in, you know, a memory or a thought of something that actually is really exciting to you that you don't have to necessarily convince yourself is exciting already. Um, and just continue to reframe it in your mind until you actually naturally see it as exciting. And so I also wanted to ask you, you have gone through a phase in your business where you experienced a lot of rapid growth and maybe you're still going through that. Um, and I think when people hit that phase where um, their business is growing really rapidly, um, it's really exciting, but sometimes it can become overwhelming too. Um, Cause now you have to figure out what to do with all of this business. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Um, and we're all hoping for that problem, right? But it can be a bit of a problem um, or it can seem like that at least because we become overwhelmed. And so I know that another of your core values is fun and keeping work fun. So what have you done as you move through that experience, um, which congratulations, which is awesome <laughs> and still keeping that sense of fun in what you're doing? Well, one of the ways that I um, do that is, well, I allow myself to just be. My kids are ashamed of the way that I dance. If you ever saw Seinfeld and you saw Elaine dance, yes. that's akin to my level of dancing. So I just allow myself, um, and probably even more so now that I'm thinking about it. I went to a wedding this last weekend, and um, I was... Um, I was the first person on the dance floor and I probably wouldn't have done that before 
But now that I'm taking risks in other parts of my life and I've identified that as something that's really important to me, I'm like, what do I care if I mm. look ridiculous to these people? What do I care? I'm going to have fun. This is really good music. It will make my friend happy because, you know, that's there's nothing worse than hosting a party where no one's dancing, um, even if they're dancing like a dolphin, which is what I was doing. Um, you know, so those types of things, I think... Um, Listening to music really loud in my car and ridiculously singing along with no care about what other people think about me. You know, I love going to the movies. And so I've tried to uh, incorporate that in our date nights. It's something my husband and I really, really enjoy. Um, and as a, you know, when we were dating 800 years ago, um, just teasing, we've been married <laughs> for 21 years. Um, but that we used to be proud of the fact that we could drive by the marquee and say, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. Like we watched all the movies. That was something that we really enjoyed doing. You know, you have to balance it with time and you have to find those moments. Um, I just have to, you know, maybe not. That's the one area of my life where it's more spontaneous, I would say, that I can't plan the fun except for in the ways like date night and those types of things. And maybe it is that unconscious five second rule where you um, where you say to yourself, like, I want to get up to dance like this music is good, but I'm going to look horrible. And then you're just like, screw it. Like, really, what do you have to lose? You're going to look like an idiot. But people are also going to be maybe empowered to get up. They're like, well, I can't be worse than that girl. So <laughs> I can get up and dance, too. Um, and, you know, what I found was that people joined me. And like people who could dance very well and people who were like, I'll dance like a porpoise with you. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, and um, and I had fun and I sweat and I, you know, laughed and I um, I just really enjoyed myself in a way where I let loose. And I think you can get so caught in the grind of things, especially like you said, I am. My business is growing really rapidly, but you you take on too much. You think you have to do everything. It's overwhelming to consider the um, training of a new person, and that's really the niche that my business has taken, is bringing skilled people to um, industry experts and being able, on the administrative side, to help them fill those gaps. But I still have that problem for myself, where I have to train them, um, and I still have to keep the business afloat. So finding any moment of fun is going to be good. Thank you so much for sharing all of that awesome advice about how we can still, you know, be open to having fun, even when we become overwhelmed. And that actually that's really important to that process <laughs> is to maintain that connection to fun, whether you're scheduling it in or whether you're just being open to sort of the more simple ways that it just comes in our everyday life. Um, another thing that you brought up was that you noticed how the personal growth that comes along with building a business and being an entrepreneur, um, you even saw that expressed in your social life. So as you have been like facing your fears and being brave and taking risks on, in your professional life, you notice that it becomes more easier in your social life as well. <laughs> and so it's just the, it's just really beautiful to think about how, like, again, back to that holistic sense of, of viewing life that as we're taking risks in any area of our life, it kind of helps 
every other area of her life. And so I just thought that was a really cool piece. And then also that um, as we're taking those risks and we're actually putting ourselves out there and being more visible in what we're doing, you mentioned that you went out to the dance floor and that inspired other people as well. And I think that's the same in business or in any area of life where we are taking risks and um, showing that to the world it does inspire other people. And that's a passive way that we are impacting the world with what we're doing not only directly with our business and this specific service that we have but the fact that we are taking risks and we are being brave and that helps other people to do that too um and so when i introduced you i mentioned a little bit about ad and prestige but i'm sure that you can describe it much better <laughs> um, and so do tell us a little more about ad and prestige and how you serve people through that yeah, my my funny answer to that is, do you have six hours? <laughs> sure. um, but I, but I won't take six hours of your time to explain it. Um, so admin prestige is if you took a business consultancy firm and an admin firm and they had a love child, it would be admin <laughs> prestige. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so m- technically, my uh, job title aside from founder is a client experience consultant. Um, and I take that really personally because I feel like it allows a holistic um, view of the clients that I work with because um, everyone that I work with personally, really, the bottom line is their customer is number one. Um, a lot of times they're not able to um, honor that relationship or that contract that they've entered into long term with that person because they're constantly seeking the new revenue to keep their business alive and to keep their business open. And so what we're able to do is to connect the day-to-day grind with the honoring of these um, long-term clients and customers that they have in a way that is very meaningful. So there is a visual and follow me verbally with what, the way that this works. But if you were to imagine like a barbell or like a hand weight where there's a circle on one side and that would be my client and then the circle on the other side, which would be their customer and the little barbell in between um, would be let's call it a conduit where it's like hollowed out and that would be my business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm a conduit between my clients and their customers. Um, And then halfway down that, let's imagine there's an imaginary wall between the two and everything on the side of my client is internal processes, like things like having a standard procedure of the way things are supposed to go or undoing the weeds of mounds and mounds of paperwork and, um, you know, not having a process in place for keeping track of different client interactions, all of the administrative tasks that can really bog us down from doing the thing that we went into business to do in the first place. And then if we crossed over that line and we go to their customers, that's really the heart of where I started this business was being able to connect with the customers of my clients. Because as a consumer, we buy into somebody, not necessarily because of the company that they represent, but because we know, like, and trust them. And there's a lot of scientific study behind that. Mm -hmm. But if we aren't being served in a timely manner, or if we don't feel like after the transactional portion has taken place that we're going to be continually served, Mm -hmm. it can leave us with a bad taste in our mouth. And so that's where the client experience comes into 
um, on the customer side. And so I help people on the administrative side with administrative consulting. Um, I help them with connecting them with uh, trained assistants, either giving them the tools to be able to do that and go out and find somebody themselves, or we actually provide those services um, in a way where I'm able to bring in people who understand their business and they don't have to go through the whole process of training mm-hmm. them. Um, they're able to just hop in and really be able to be effective um, right off the bat. And then I use the client experience on their customer side to really connect and reconnect and re-engage with those customers. Mm -hmm. So some of my clients, um, I would say a lot of my clients are financial professionals, healthcare providers, coaches, industry experts of any kind, but they have a lot of times an established business where in the past they've done business with people and they haven't kept up in contact with them and they want to reach them. They want to say thank you. They want to see how they can help them because life changes and maybe they have continued needs. Um, And ultimately, even if there's no business to be done there, they just want to engage with them and and let them know that they're still important, but um, they haven't had the time to do that. So I help them come up with creative solutions to do that. And again, it's something where I either train the business to do that themselves, or that's something that my company provides as a service as well. So it is a very holistic look at creating not just a transactional um, business between my clients and their customers, but honoring that sacred relationship that they entered into and saying, you're important. You help me get to this place that I'm at right now. Um, And I want to continue to serve you, whether that be just asking you if I can help you in any way, um, connecting you with somebody that you need, or providing a service. And that can be, you know, some examples of what I do on that side is um, going through that book of business with them and looking for anniversaries or birthdays. And sometimes when uh, my clients are closing a big deal, I might help them take a tangible gift to that where it's customized, not with my client's brand, but personalized for their client, like with their last name or something like that, so that they're reestablishing and affirming that this is a personal relationship, even though it's a uh, business transaction as well. Hmm. Well, that's really amazing that you can, um, like you're bridging the whole business experience in a way. <laughs> so the experience of the business owner as well as the experience of their clients. I mean, and that's huge because with any business owner, what you really want help with is serving your clients. <laughs> and it sounds like you um, especially help those who have had like a um, established business. They have, have had many clients and they're, of course, we're always seeking to establish more clients and build that revenue because um, that is, you know, a part of business (laughs) that keeps business happening and so you really help them connect with those who maybe they've already served or brought on but maybe have lost touch with a little bit um, or a lot and so that's really amazing that (laughs) that you have really met this need that I think maybe hasn't necessarily been fully addressed before but it sounds like you're finding this unique way to bring um, this offering to business owners and so I guess lastly if you were to tell the small business owner um, or the expert in their field, like any last advice or final words for today, what would you say? 
Wow. I mean, so many, um, so many things come to mind. I would say, um, number one, don't do it halfway. You know, I give this example of, um, when I got married, I was only 19 years old. Um, I read a book that was very influential. I couldn't tell you what the name of that book is, but it did say never bring up the word divorce, like never threaten it, never, um, you know, flagrantly talk about it. Um, because it introduces it as something that could be reality. And so I made a commitment to my husband that we would never threaten divorce. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's humorous because if we're irritated with each other, I say, well, guess what? I get to be your wife tomorrow. So what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Um, But I've taken that concept into my business too, which is scary because, you know, in all reality, even though I've experienced the success in my business, we're still very, very new. But I will say the only thing that's going to stop this business and the inertia that it's on is if like somebody pries it from my cold, dead hands, like (laughs) it will have to completely burn to the ground for me to stop uh, working at it because that is how strongly I believe in what I bring to the table and Mm -hmm. what I'm helping people with through the extension of the employees and the people that I'm mentoring. Um, So number one, I would say if you're going to do it, go all in, like just be completely present. Don't give yourself the option of of bowing out. That doesn't mean that you can't take some time to, um, you know, some people need to take some time to take a part-time job so that they can stay all in Mm -hmm. um, and continue to work on that from the side. So that's fine, but don't give up on your dream if that's what it is. Or you know, readjust your dream, check with people that you trust, get a business coach, you know, make sure that you're on the right track. But if you feel called to entrepreneurship, there's no divorce allowed. You know, you, you, if you're called and you're truly called, then you need to honor that part of yourself and not, and not bow out of that. So that's number one that I would say. And I would say number two, um, if you're able to take the risk of entrepreneurship, take the risk on living a full life. Hmm. Um, and I, that's for you as, you know, the people that I'm speaking to. And that's also for myself. You know, I say that not from a place of knowing, but a place of learning. I'm constantly having to tell myself, like, disengage from this moment and be present in what it is that you're doing. Hmm. Um you know, it's tempting to want to do that one last thing, but you can't, you have to be present in the life that you're creating. We, what is the phrase? It's we, um, we, we work to live, not live to work, you know? Um, and so our, you know, our little babies of business can become our little family, but in all actuality, even if you don't have biological children, or even if you don't have a partner, you have a life. Mm -hmm. Um, you have people who care about you and they want to engage with you. And even if you think you don't, um, there are people out there who would want to engage with you. And so live a full life. If you're going to take the risk of having a business, then take the risk of not being fine. Hmm. Um, and those are the two things I would say, jump in, don't give yourself an out, be okay with readjusting and then take the risk of living a full life. I love that. <laughs> it's like there's no plan B. Decide this up front and live fully in that in your entire life. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much, Raya. And so if I were a small business owner and I really resonated with what you've said today, how do we find you? 
Well, I am on social media, so you can find me if you search Admin Prestige, especially on Facebook and on um, Instagram. But the very best way to reach me is through my website, which is um, adminprestige.com backslash contact. Um, and I would love to hear from anyone. Um, I love to meet with people. Even if your business has nothing to do with my business, I just love to hear about what people are doing. So I'm always open for a Zoom coffee um, or an in-person visitation. Um, everyone is my friend. <laughs> that sounds cheesy, but that's Not true. Um, and I like connecting people. So please do reach out to me. I would love to hear your story and um, and love to know you as a person. So I'm very open to that. So adminprestige.com backslash contact. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Raya, for coming on to With Heart today. Um, this has just been such a rich conversation. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's also been a, a lot of fun for me too.